We are entering into a, a new season of the church year um, as we make our way next week into, into Lent and Easter coming after. And traditionally, uh, this, this really interesting story of Jesus being, being transformed on the mountaintop before the disciples comes just before the season of Lent. And the season of Lent is, is, is long journey that takes us to the cross, but this transfiguration story for today sort of, sort of sets the stage for what's to come with Jesus. The cross and the glory of Christ is all mixed up together in, in this story of Jesus. And I can tell you, he, he's trying to teach us something similar about our, our own lives, um, too, in all of this. And so we're reading uh, this week um, the story uh, from the Gospel of Matthew from chapter 17, verses 1 through 9. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. And his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three dwellings here, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud a voice said, This is my son, the beloved. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell to the ground and were overcome by fear. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Get up and do not be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus himself alone. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus ordered them, Tell no one about the vision until after the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. Our story for today is, is in the midst of a, of a section of Scripture teaching the disciples on, on the meaning of following Jesus. It comes right after the first uh, prediction that Jesus makes of his own death. It comes as the disciples are, are struggling, trying hard to understand and to, and to follow Jesus. But as, as Jesus continued to insist uh, on speaking about his death, about suffering and, and, and the cross, about denying yourself and, and losing your life, it, it, it seems it is, is increasingly difficult to get on board with. They're wondering, as we might too, how can we, how can we, how can we reconcile all of this? That, that the one who was the hoped for Messiah is now talking about denying yourself, taking up the cross. It was as the disciples were struggling to understand, struggling to, to follow Jesus, that, that, that he leads three of his closest followers up to a high mountain. And strange things happen on the mountain. Strange things tend to happen in the scriptures when they start talking about a mountain. When the Bible says someone is, is going up a, a mountain and something is important, something important is about to take place for us. And, and so it's there that it says that Jesus is, is transfigured before them. His, his face shines like the sun. His clothes became dazzling white. 
When we hear the disciples, they get a glimpse of the glory of God in Jesus. It's, it's just what they were looking for. It's just what they were hoping for. It's, it's good to, for us to be here, the disciples say. It's good for us to be here. And it, and it is good for us to have those moments with God and in God's presence so crystal clear and in some way we need to encounter God. We need this encounter with God in our lives at some point to change us and show us the way. It's good for us to be here, they say. And so Peter says, if, if you wish, if you wish we can make dwellings for you here. As if to say that this is this is where we want to stay, here on this mountain, here in the glory. This is here we want to stay. Let us make dwellings for you here. And then the voice of God. It's then that the voice of God comes from the clouds saying, This is my son, the beloved, of whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him, God says. Listen to him. Listen to, to all the things that he's been saying. Deny yourself. Take up your cross. Follow him. Listen to him. There is a, a desire for us, I think, to, to, to lean toward this glorious, this transfigured Jesus rather than the heavy weights of the cross. The cross is difficult. They, they, they want to build a safe sanctuary away from the world up there to stay there in that moment, saving Jesus and, and, and themselves from the heartache that is to come. And they, they can't. They can't. And we can't either. But I think we can identify with, with Peter's desire here to stay on the mountaintop, stay in the glory of, of these kinds of moments rather than return to, to reality, to the rest of the journey. When I was in um, my fourth year of college, my wife, um, girlfriend at the time, uh, really, really had to talk me into finally going ahead and finishing school finishing college. It took some convincing. It really did because uh, I didn't want to go at all. I wanted to stay. I wanted to, to, to stay another semester or more, get another degree maybe uh, or two um, because it was, it was safe there. It was good. It was easier. I didn't really at all want to go out into the real world to get a real job. I didn't want to step out into the, into the difficult realities of life. We can tend to want to stay in the glory where it's safe. We, we don't want to go back down to, to reality where life can be hard. It's hard to follow Jesus down the mountain. I like the quote by the, the Scottish theologian Henry Drummond who, who said, God does not make the mountains in order to be inhabited, he says. God does not make the mountaintops for us to live on the mountaintops. We, we only ascend to the heights to catch a broader vision, a broader vision of the earthly surroundings below. We, we don't live there. We don't tarry there. The streams, he says, begin uplands, but these streams descend quickly to gladden the valleys below. And Jesus has to come down. We have to come down. Keep going on the road with Jesus the rest of the way. The pastor Debbie Thomas warned us against a, a kind of a kind of mountaintop 
Christianity, she called it, saying it, it, it can be addictive as, as we spend our days seeking a kind of, of spiritual high in the world. And, and, that, and that when we don't experience that, that spiritual high, that mountaintop Christianity, then, then we can feel empty, unloved, angry, or, 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 or bored. And meanwhile, then we, we start to, to miss we don't notice the ever-present God with us in all things, desperate for the mountain. We miss the God of, of the valley, the God in, in, the, in the conference room at the office, and the God in the schoolyard, the, the grocery store, the street corner. Worshiping the extraordinary doesn't make for a healthy faith, she says. And one of the biggest problems with this kind of Christianity, she says, is, is that it prompts us to kind of carve up and carve compartmentalize our lives to, to separate the, the, the great sacred from the secular, the mountaintop from the valley, the spectacular from the mundane as if God is somehow more present during something spectacular in, in, in a rousing worship or in a celebrity sermon than, than, than God really is when we're doing the laundry or when we're at the store or driving in the car we need to see the good, the amazing glory of God, but we can't focus so much on the miraculous, the glory that we miss, the sacred everywhere else. And the challenge, Pastor Thomas said, is, is to cultivate this kind of sight that sees God in places that are darker and murkier and, and more obscure than on the mountaintop. And perhaps this scene with Jesus transfigured before them was about more than just revealing Jesus' glory. Perhaps it also tells us something about how we are really meant to see all things. Maybe this is how we're supposed to see. I read a story a, a pastor told about a trip that he took to climb a mountain with his two sons. And they left at 2 a.m. In, in the dark of the night from their on base camp and, and tied together they began their their journey up the mountain hoping to get to the to the top at sunrise um, they were hoping but soon then began to there, there began to be storm clouds gathering and, and lightning appearing to the west and, and the wind and the rains starting and, and so in consultation with their wise guy they had to make the decision to turn back head back to the camp and so they were they were disappointed, really disappointed. They, they wanted the mountain top, and they got the storm. They wanted the mountain, but they got the storm. But this is, this is really, this really is reality. And while we will get the mountains, we will get the glory, we'll, we'll also get the storms, we'll get the valleys. Life is all of it. The spiritual life, too, is, is all of it. The peaks and the valleys, the amazing and the mundane. It's all mixed up together in our stories and in our journeys. It's all mixed up together. In his autobiography, Alan um, Hobson wrote about his, his personal transformation as he, as he struggled um, to, to climb Mount Everest. And he told about how after several failed attempts, he, he finally achieved his goal and the glory of, of success. But it had taken him 40 years. It took him 40 years of intense 
preparation for then 20 minutes of glory on the top of the mountain. And he said he was transformed in this experience. He was transformed through all of this. But he realized, though, he realized, that, and he said, though, that, that really he was transformed far less at that event, far less on the mountain than on his journey all along that way. That 40 years of preparation is really what transformed it. He was transformed through all of it. And transfiguration, transformation isn't something that is reserved for Jesus alone, but it's really an invitation for us as we go along our way and, and following Jesus and the, and the journeys of our lives that, that we might be changed, that we might begin to, to see a little differently. The realities of our lives it may not be altogether different, no less difficult, but we are invited to return to our lives and, and our realities with, with new eyes, a new vision to see life more clearly framed in God's glory, sacred. It is, it is good for us to be here, Peter said on the mountaintop. It's good for us to be here. But it is also good for us to be here. Here wherever we are. It is good for us to be here, wherever we are. There's an old story that the rabbis would tell about a man who, who wasn't satisfied with his life. And he set out to walk until he could find happiness. And then at the end of the day, he found himself in the woods and he took off his shoes and got ready for bed. And to mark his path, he pointed his shoes in the direction of his journey. And then in the middle of the night, someone, someone came, to, came along and, and turned his shoes around in the opposite direction. And the next morning, he set out again on his journey, on his way. And at the end of the day, the surroundings started to seem familiar and all at once new. He saw a house that looked like that of one of his friends. An old friend opened the door and welcomed him home. And there he lived, as the story goes, happily ever after. There is something that changes us in our life with Christ, in our experience with Christ. There is something in His grace and in His glory, something that can fill us and open our hearts and open our eyes in a, in a new way. It is in the life and, and the love of Christ that we can be changed as we walk with Him, start to see in a new way, start to be made ready for the rest of our, our journeys of our lives. And so let us have the courage to journey all the way with Jesus. Let us have the vision to see his glory all along the way. Amen.